Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. So we're here today with Jane Pritchard. Yes, that Jane Pritchard. And excited to be so. She's here to tell us about her amazing story and in particular what's been happening in her life and how she's been moving through that for the past four or so years. Jane, thank you so much for being here with us today. I've seen and heard a little bit about your recent journey, and I'm excited to dive in a little deeper and have you share more. So if you wouldn't mind, could you start with an introduction for our listeners and then tell me a bit about how your story began four years ago? Thanks, Helen. I'm Jean Pritchard. I'm with CTV News in Barrie. And I ended up writing a book about my health journey called Breast Cancer After the Diagnosis, One Woman's Story of Overcoming Setbacks. And it was suggested to me by a dear friend that I write a book. So the notes I was keeping in my health journal became more detailed when I knew that was the route I was going to take. But that was the last thing I was thinking about when I got the diagnosis in February of 2018. It started in January of 2018 when I was due for a mammogram. And I thought, ah, I don't need one. I'm healthy. I don't feel anything. They never find anything anyway. Oh, except maybe once, a long time ago. And I thought, it's such an inconvenience to have to make the time in the day to do this before work. So I thought, I'll leave it another year. And then I thought, well, what if my family doctor says to me, why didn't you go for a mammogram? I wouldn't have a very good answer for him. So I decided to make the appointment after all. But it took a lot of humming and hawing before I finally made that decision. Mm -hmm. So I went in January of 18 for the first mammogram, thinking, okay, I've done it. That's it. That's it for another year. Don't have to worry about it again. And then I got a call. We'd like you to come back for a second mammogram because we found something a little suspicious on the first one. So. I feel really guilty because I thought, oh, what was this, a new technician? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm healthy. What went wrong, you know? Oh, well, if I have to go back to make sure they know there's nothing wrong, so be it. So Mm -hmm. I went back for the second mammogram, and I left, and I was, you know, said goodbye to the ladies again. And again, I said, see you next year. And they're so lovely there. It's probably the best department to go in because everything runs on time, like clockwork. It's certainly nothing like Emerge. It's probably the most well-run department in the hospital. Yeah. So I left after the second mammogram thinking, okay, that's it for another year. And then I got a call saying, we'd like you to come in for a biopsy. Really? A biopsy? Okay. Well, if they need to make sure there's nothing wrong, okay. So I went in for the biopsy. Not to interrupt, but all the while feeling fairly casual about it all, right? Like, yes. Just this is standard routine. Yeah, I've had a biopsy before. They just wanted to make sure it was, you know, a calcium deposit or something. I wasn't mm-hmm. worried at all. My husband was. He didn't mm-hmm. talk that, but he was worried. So I went in for the biopsy. And that was not pleasant. But anyway, mm-hmm. I got it done and left and 
said goodbye to the same ladies again. We'll see you next year. This is the third time I'd said that. And they were like, okay, also, uh, yeah, me too. And went home, didn't think anything of it, and thought, well, they'll call to see everything's fine or something. I was so sure they would call to say, yeah, you're good to go till next year. But I got a phone call to say they'd like to do another biopsy. And I'm going, really? Mm. Oh, I was getting so annoyed. <laughs> but still not concerned. No. Okay. <laughs> My husband's getting more worried, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I went back in for the second biopsy. Different doctor. Very pleasant. Wonderful people there. And I left thinking, okay, that's it till next year, I hope. And I say goodbye to the same ladies again at the front desk. Well, bye. See you next year, <laughs> I think. And about 10 days went by, and I hadn't received any notice or call from my doctor's office. So I thought, I think I'll call them. So I called and spoke to uh, my doctor's nurse. And she said, no, we don't have the results yet. She said, but as soon as we do, we'll call you. I said, okay, great. Because I just wanted to put this behind me, more so mm -hmm. for Rick than me, because I knew nothing was wrong. <laughs> At least so I thought. Right. So it was a Friday afternoon. I was on my way home uh, to get ready for work. I'd been out at a hair appointment around noon or so. And the Sunday, we were flying out down south for a vacation. We were meeting friends down south mm -hmm. from England. So Friday, after my hair appointment, I'm driving back home. A call comes in on my car. I didn't recognize the numbers, but that was probably a telemarketer. I'm not going to answer. But when I got home, I noticed it was a voicemail message. So I thought, well, I may as well listen to it so I can clear it. Well, it was my family doctor calling from his vacation home in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm. I thought, oh, that's strange. Well, isn't that nice? He wants to call to tell me nothing's wrong. So I called him. I said, oh, hi, Brian. I said, I'm sorry I didn't pick up. I said, I thought it was a telemarketer. That's why I didn't, you know, answer the phone at first. He goes, yeah, no, it's not a telemarketer. I'm like, oh, he sounds mm -hmm. really curious. He goes, yeah. He said, um, I got the results of your biopsy. I went, oh? He goes, yeah, it's breast cancer. I went, oh. And I thought, did I hear this correctly? Am I dreaming? Did I mishear this? So he went on to explain that it was an early form of breast cancer, and I was just numb, totally mm -hmm. numb. It was disbelief. I was numb, and I was in a state of disbelief because I thought, this can't be happening. It can't be happening to me. I'm healthy. I take care of myself. Not, you know, I didn't feel anything. I must be wrong. But the more he spoke, I realized he wasn't wrong. So... I had to sit with his news by myself because Rick was having a Reiki session with our dear friend, Sheila Kirkcarton, mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't reach him. So I kind of sat there on the couch going, now what? Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't go to work this afternoon. At that time, I was working the late shift, 2.30 to 11.30. And I thought, well, I, I, I can't work feeling this way with this information and my head spinning, all the what ifs going through my mind. So I had to call in and tell our, our senior producer what I had just learned and why it couldn't mm. work. And then I started to cry and he was just so consoling and he was so kind to me over the phone and, and so sweet. 
and he was sending me loving thoughts and healing thoughts and and uh, and then I just had to sit and wait for Rick to call me. It's funny. Does that word cancer? Is it sort of like cancer equals, for lack of a better term, death sentence? Is that how you feel when you originally hear that, or did you feel like? Well, I guess just numb, like you just felt nothing, nothingness for a little while until you're able to process it. For me, I knew it didn't mean death because I had done so much research on alternative ways to heal the body. So I was aware of vitamin C treatments. I was aware of acupuncture. I was seeing a homeopathic doctor. So I knew I would be fine. It was Mm -hmm. just, what would I have to go through first to be fine? And what about surgeries? And, you know, I had visions of people, women, losing their breasts and horrible scars, disfiguring scars. So that was a scary part to me, is what I would go through, pain I would go through before I came out the other side. But I knew I'd be fine, and I knew they'd probably want to recommend chemotherapy and I would decline it because I knew of other ways to go and that I felt were right for me. Is that the sole reason that you did decline chemo? That was my next question. You know, I had read you did decide right away to decline chemo because it wasn't for you. Is that something that you have thought about prior to your diagnosis and actually knew that? And was it strictly because you're educated about alternative therapies? Yes. I know of people who died with chemo. Mm-hmm. I know of people who have had chemo and whose cancer came back. Mm-hmm. I have read about all of the side effects, some of them permanent, not just the hair loss, all kinds of things, you know, damage to your heart, your bones. My homeopathic doctor told me years ago that the master cancer cell is not killed with chemo. Mm. So I had already decided that wasn't for me, but when my surgeon recommended I speak to an oncologist, I thought, well, if I say no right away, she'll think I'm not taking this seriously or have given it enough thought. I wanted to let her know I had given it thought. I wanted to let her know I was going to go listen to what this oncologist had to say, just so I could make an even better decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even more sure in my mind that this was the route I was going because the oncologist had a list of side effects as long as my arm. Yeah. And she talked about the percentages. You know, we said to her, well, so does this mean if I had chemotherapy that uh, I wouldn't come back? Oh, no, nothing guarantees that. She said, but with chemotherapy, there's a 10% chance that it'll think the cancer will come back. But without it, there's a 15 to 20% chance that it will come back. And my husband asked her, he said to her, if you were in Jane's position, would you go through chemotherapy? And she said, no. Wow. I didn't put it in the book because I, I didn't want anyone to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. I didn't give her name and I didn't say what my husband had asked her in the book. That's something we can talk about later. I didn't want that in print forever. But she said, no, she would not go through chemotherapy. I didn't realize that the percentages were that close together. I never realized. I mean, I'm 44 and you've just always thought in life, okay, if you get a diagnosis, you know, I'm not educated about alternative therapies or solutions, but I've always, okay, so you, you know, you get a diagnosis and you get chemo and it goes away and 
you carry on with your life and so on and so forth. I mean, I know that it's not that simple and it's not as cut and dry and black and white as that, but I've never lent my brain to think that A, the numbers could be that close and B, that there's many alternatives that could work better. My neighbor at the time, I knew she had been through cancer twice Mm -hmm. and she heard about my diagnosis because I went public with it on our news. And I saw her one day outside, I think it was watering the flowers or something. And she said to me, "Um, how are you? So are you going through treatments? And I went, well, yes, I'm going to the chelation center in the south end of Barrie. So she said, you're not going through chemo. And I didn't know what she'd say about it because she, I knew she had been through chemo. I said, no, I'm not going through chemo. And she goes, good for you. She said, I mm. think my cancer came back because I had chemo. Wow. Did you marry any Western or conventional therapies with not holistic, I guess? Did you end up marrying the, the Western therapies in there? Absolutely. I had seven surgeries and wow. I was on antibiotics and painkillers for all of them. So I would make a joke, say yes to drugs was my yes. life. <laughs> Normally that's only pregnant women that say that, I think. But <laughs> yes, in your case, maybe too. <laughs> wow. Seven surgeries. Thank goodness for my surgeon. Yes. You know, thank goodness for the anesthetist and the nurses. Mm. So absolutely. And the antibiotics and the pain medications. And I've never for one second thought I'd ever get hooked on them. I Mm -hmm. just needed them for maybe four days and then I was fine. Um, I just took them when I needed them and thank goodness they were there. But yes, so the surgeries, the medications, the prescriptions, but then the vitamin C treatments given intravenously. Uh, I saw my homeopathic doctor more frequently. I went for acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Feel the healing take place. Isn't that amazing? When she put a needle on the outside of my right knee, when she put that needle there one particular day, she said, do you feel any sensation in your right breast? I said, no. She goes, well, let's give it a minute for the meridian to wake up. She said, I'll put needles in elsewhere first. So she put some other needles in, came back to the one on the outside of my right knee, and she said, do you feel anything in your right breast yet? I said, no. She goes, all right. So she manipulated the needle, and I immediately felt healing occur in the right breast. And that sensation stayed with me for the entire time that needle was in the outside of my right knee and that meridian. What is that sensation like? It's like a bit of a pressure and a tingling. Wow. And you just feel it dissipating. Yes. And I thought, oh, the healing is taking place. The nerves are finding their way back to each other after being severed through surgeries. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And I told her I felt that. And I asked what this was. And I said to her, when I feel a a sense of discomfort at home in the evening, let's say when I'm just, you know, sitting on the couch, I said, should I be worried? She goes, oh, no, 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 no. That's healing continuing to take place. That's amazing. You mentioned that in the very beginning, you were like, hmm, humming and hawing and not, you know, maybe I'll just skip this mammogram and we'll just do it next year. And um, thankfully you did not skip the mammogram. Do you think that there's anything else at play that may have pushed you to go for that that day? 
oh, probably my higher self, because what was found was an early form of an aggressive type of breast cancer. Yeah. So I hate to think of the state I would have been in a year later. It might have been more difficult. The surgeries might have been more severe, although (laughs) everything was taken. So I'm really not quite sure how much worse it could have been, but it could have been metastasized. Yep, yep. I think my higher self said, better go you better make that appointment get yourself there yeah do you think that what we refer to as the universe had any impact on that decision absolutely yeah yeah when i say higher self i guess that really is yeah or the universe right okay absolutely absolutely so many things have happened when they were supposed to and and when i look at the timing of events in my life i think wow that's amazing how that happened. I think, well, no, it's not a coincidence. Someone once said, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Things happen when they're meant to happen. So I think I was meant to go to catch this in the early stages for the best possible outcome, even though I still had setbacks because that was my body reacting to implants and things like that. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thank goodness that I got that message to go and do something about it. Yeah. Do you believe in spirit guides? Yes. You do. I do. I'm putting it out there that I do. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it was Sheila who helped me see that I had spirit guides. Yeah. She for me as well. Oh, yeah. There's much more in this world than what we can see and feel. There's so much going on. Yeah, I I think so too. So I was going to ask, you know, do you think that commitment to spirits and guides is simply having a mind frame of positivity or are you open to a non-scientific explanation of things and clearly you are as i think it's becoming more the norm nowadays that people are explaining things in their lives and going through their own journeys by welcoming spirit guides and welcoming the universe and welcoming and listening just paying attention right yes paying attention and listening that's very important i agree and not casting aside instincts. We tend to push aside instincts and we try and explain them. And sometimes you can't explain things. You yeah. just go with it. Like in a scientific way, you can't explain things. But if you have an instinct and, a, and an urge to do something, you've got to think about, mm, where is that coming from? Yeah. Maybe I should listen. Maybe people should focus on or society should focus on making sure we all have that education at 20 instead of 40. You know, it's taken me a long time to start to understand exactly what you say is just trust your instincts and rely on your intuition and understand that there's more out there than maybe what we can see. I wish I'd known this decades ago. It would take the anxiety away. Right. From situations. Let's say you try and you apply for a job and you don't get it, rather than being depressed about it, go, what's wrong with me? Maybe say to yourself, I wasn't meant to have it because there's something better out there for me. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So tell me, where can I get a copy of your book is my first important question for sure. The hardcover is available on Amazon as well as the audio version now. Thank you very much, Heather McPherson. Of <laughs> Twisted Spur Media Solutions. Media Solutions. <laughs> and that would be Audible and iTunes as well. Oh, super. The audio version. It's also available at a few places in Barrie, 
where I currently live. It's available at Nutrition Plus in downtown Barrie, the health food store. And the owner, Jason, has been so supportive from day one. Mm -hmm. So he has ordered for me three or four times. It is also available at Kohl's in the Georgian Mall here in Barrie and Indigo in the south end of Barrie on Mapleview Drive West. It's also available at Gilda's Club Simcoe Muskoka. And for every book sold, I will give $10 back to Gilda's. Super. And it's also available at Connect Hair Studio in Barrie because the owner is the driving force behind the fundraising calendar for Gilda's. So she has some books at her salon. And I said, look, for every book you sell, I will donate $10 to Gilda's Club. That's amazing. Everyone's linked together. That's that's a nice, yes. nice yes. feeling. On the topic of Gildas, I was in the very first calendar. I wasn't on a month because I didn't want viewers to think, has she got her clothes off in a calendar? <laughs> so I didn't I didn't want to be one of those people who was posing that way because that's what they do. They put props strategically placed mm-hmm. to cover things up. I didn't want to do that type of picture. And right. I said to the founder, I said, look, and the creator of the calendar, I said, look, I'll be in it, but I don't. I want to be fully clothed, and I can send a message of support and encouragement if you would like that. So she came back to me and said, yes, we'd love that. So that's the way I appeared in the calendar, and I was one of the keynote speakers at the launch of the calendar for Gilda's. <laughs> and super. I was back there recently because I helped them with a video. I interviewed one of their members who's going through cervical cancer and I interviewed her as part of a video they're creating for their own YouTube channel. So I offered my services uh, to do that. Wow. Always keeping busy, right? You're always keeping busy. I never used Gildas. I didn't feel I needed it, but I know a lot of others do. So if I can support Gildas that supports other people, then I'm happy to do it. Great. So what is your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's your health situation right now or your prognosis for the future? It's great as far as I'm concerned. I was cancer-free after the second surgery. The first one was a mastectomy. Although not too graphic, but it was a stump skin and nipple saving mastectomy. So Mm -hmm. I thought I was so fortunate because I still had a nipple and so often women lose their nipple. Mm-hmm. So I had that and thinking, oh, well, if this is the worst it's going to get, and it was pretty bad, then I'm lucky because the scar was underneath the breast. So that would be in the fold. I didn't have a scar all the way across the breast. I still have the nipples. So I thought, wow, you know, I, I got off lucky here. But then the pathology report came back and there were some, as my doctor put it, cancer wannabe cells in the margin. They like to have an area around the tumor that's removed that is totally clear of cancer cells. And he described some cells in that margin as being cancer wannabe cells. So they Mm. could develop into cancer. So it was suggested I go back in and have a lumpectomy in which I would lose the nipple after all. And I almost canceled that twice, but my best friend talked me into having it done as well as my husband. Mm-hmm. So I had that done. So after those two surgeries, as far as I'm concerned, I was cancer-free and I will remain cancer-free. Amazing. Amazing. So what's next for you? Well, promoting the book. I want yeah. to get my message out that women 
and not just women, men too, should get the diagnostic tests they need because these tests could catch something early, like in my case, and you'll have a much better outcome if you do. And the amazing thing is, when I went public with my message, why I was leaving to go off on medical leave for a while to my viewers, I got a message from a man who said, I felt you were talking directly to me. He said, because I had lost my family doctor a while ago. He retired. It had been some years since I'd seen a doctor. He said, so it was my message to me that I should go see a doctor. He said, so I did. And this doctor took my blood pressure and he was shocked. He said, you're on the verge of having a stroke. He immediately put me on blood pressure lowering medication. So he said, I thank you. He said, you probably saved my life. Oh. Wow. So my message is get tested, men and women. Early diagnosis is key to a successful outcome. I also want people to know about the alternative therapies that are out there. I'm not saying do it. I'm not giving advice. I'm just saying, this is what I did. You mm-hmm. may take something from this. I want you to be aware of what's available. Where would you recommend people start to learn about those types of things? Just sort of Google it, or do you have any resources you can suggest? All in my book. Yeah. I did the research. It's all in my book. I've done the research for them. It's all in the book. The contacts are in the book. Now I realize not everyone lives in Barrie. That's a good thing. I didn't even have to leave down. I didn't have to go to New Mexico or Germany or even Toronto. So if these people are here in Barrie, can you imagine there? I'm sure they're in larger centers too and more of them. It's a place to start. I want people to know what is available. There are alternatives. I'm not Dr. Bashing. I love my surgeon, but I felt the sun rose and set over her. And I was so fortunate to have her as my surgeon. She was so compassionate and understanding and warm and kind. So it's all there. And also, what are you eating? How is your health, nutritionally speaking? I'm a registered nutritional counselor. So, of course, I had to include something about nutrition and There's some very important information for everybody, whether you're going through a health crisis or not. Mm -hmm. So this is like a book for life. This is how to eat. This is how to live. This is how to be positive. I found the blessings through all of this, and I spoke about what they were. I hope it makes people feel, learn, and realize they too have blessings in their lives, and they have things to be grateful for and appreciative of, no matter where you are, what you're going through. And it will help you get through whatever it is is an issue right now. What's the first piece of advice that you would give to somebody their original diagnosis when they first hear what you heard driving in the car, when they first hear their doctor say, we found cancer, you've got cancer, and you feel numb? How do you initiate to start to move through that? Well, it was taken care of for me initially because all these appointments were set up with an oncologist, with a radiation specialist, the surgeon, radiation specialist, the oncologist. So all of these appointments are set up for you. But just because they say you should doesn't mean you will go through these things. You can listen to them and you can make notes of what they have to say to help you make up your own mind as to how you proceed. But 
you, yes, should definitely do your research. You should definitely find out what else is out there, what your options are. And if you ask your doctor, one of these specialists, about vitamin C, like I did with my surgeon, I said, you know, I'm thinking of taking vitamin C treatments. Speculation Center, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm all for holistic methods, she said, but not in conjunction with chemotherapy. That's for mm-hmm. after. Because the vitamin C builds up your body. The chemotherapy tears it down. Mm-hmm. So they don't know how well the chemotherapy is working if you're building your body back up again. That's why you can't do it together. Why tear your body down in the first place? It's like using a cannon to kill a flea. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense to just educate, learn what's out there, and make the right decision for yourself. Yes. A lot of people hesitate because these therapies are out of pocket. Well, what mm-hmm. is your health worth to you? And you can continue to work while you have chelation therapy, while you go see the acupuncturist, while you see your homeopathic doctor. You're not off work for six months, 10 months, 18 months at a time because you're so sick. Yeah. You can continue to work and have a life. Absolutely. Well, Jane, I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I appreciate your time, energy, and I look forward to speaking with you again and also look forward to reading your book. I haven't had an opportunity. I know that it was just released on audio because I have an in with the producer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's directed me on where to go to get it, and I'm looking very forward to reading it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the What's and Why's for your listening pleasure. So my first question is, who do you look up to and why? Oh, that was so easy. That's my husband, Rick. He, I'm always telling him, you're a much better person than I am. He's, yes, I do. He's far more tolerant of others and situations. He is loyal to his friends and family. He is so hardworking. He's kind. He's sweet. He's giving. He's generous. And he's my go-to guy for any advice I need about anything. He's like my best friend, my soulmate. I never believed in soulmates until I met him. People would say, oh, I met my soulmate. And I'm like, Really, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like gagging. And then, and then I met Rick. I thought, "Wow, this is this is true. I really have found my soulmate." So I look up to him for numerous reasons. Though some of those I've mentioned, and more. So my husband Rick. It's refreshing to hear somebody talk about somebody else with so much love. Thank you for that. So, what's something that brings you joy, and why? Can I have two things? Absolutely. <laughs> Gardening. And being on the water. I love gardening because I marvel at nature's beauty. And it's therapeutic. It's all, it's kind of like being in a meditative state when you're planting things, you seeing things grow. It's so rewarding. It's therapeutic. It's, I can't think of anything else when I'm gardening. I haven't been able to do it for two years because we sold the house, downsized to a condo while we're building our house. So I'll be starting from scratch doing a lot of that. So gardening and being on the water, we have a boat, and I think most people will probably feel joy on the water. I think that's who we are as human beings. Yeah, connection to nature. Yes, definitely. 
So when you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness and why? Well, I think it was probably when my first husband and I bought uh, a century farmhouse in Innisfil, because that sort of changed my life. Because being there led me to the job at the TV station, where I've been for 39 and a half years and had a wonderful career and many opportunities at the station. And having a child, the decision to have a child. You don't realize how much love your heart is capable of holding until you have a child. And then when you have a grandchild, so that's pretty powerful. So probably those are the two main decisions I made that bring me the most happiness. What's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why? They probably think I'm stuck up because I'm on TV. And I'm not. (laughs) Case in point, she's here with us. (laughs) (laughs) And they probably think I'm very confident, which I'm not. I think I may come across that way. No, I'm not a very confident person. I don't think I am. And when I'm in large groups of people, sometimes, you know, you get a little bit worried. I tend to get stress cramps in my stomach when I feel unsure of myself in a certain situation. And I haven't been able to outgrow that. Wow. So I think that's the other thing is people probably think, oh, I'm just so sure of myself and just so confident. But that's not really the case. So I have some advice for that. If I could be so bold. Yeah. Next time you go to a big gathering, put on red lipstick. Ah, Just wear the red lips and you'll wear them well and it will change your life. I think I can hear that somewhere. Right? Yes. It works. Yep. Yes. So my final question is, who would you like to hear on What's Your Why next as a guest and why? Well, I thought of a couple of people. Lisa LaFlam, who's our chief anchor with CTV. I love Lisa LaFlam. Yes, I love her. Now, there's someone who I'm sure is confident, not just appears confident, but is confident to the core. I would fangirl over Lisa LaFlam. She oh. is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's yeah. She's got it going. And I just admire her so much. She started off with, at CTV in Kitchener, so a smaller station, and then many years ago and worked her way up. And I thought, wow, what a position to hold, a position of authority and respect. And I hear she's so down to earth from former mm. colleagues who've gone on to work with her that she's just the most you know, sincere person. And I would like to hear from her, I think. I'm going to have our people call your people if that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Might rely on you to hook it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jane, I know that you are, have a busy day ahead and you're heading to work as you do every day. You're 11 o'clock news, correct? I was. I've been working from home for some time. Yeah. Um, so I'm right here at work right now. Oh, perfect. Um, so fortunate to get an office or a den with this condo that we rented. So because of the pandemic, a lot of us were sent home to work. And I happened to be off on medical leave at the time the pandemic was declared. So my news director called me and said, you know, we're trying to get as many people working from home as possible. I'm sure your doctor would prefer you work from home as well, having been through what you've just been through, numerous surgeries and so on. So I've been working from home for the past two years, year and a half. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Which I love because I have not been on the air except to do weather to fill in for uh, Casey Colby if he's on vacation or ill. So I will go to the station, but I've never, I have not been in the building in two and a half years because I do the weather outside. So that's the only time people see me. And the funny thing is, People think they see me every night. I'll go places and go, oh, you're the news lady. I watch you every night. And I'm thinking to myself, well, no, you don't. You think you do. You think it. <laughs> That's awesome. What the pandemic has done for us all, some positive, a lot of negative, but definitely there's some positive in there. Yeah. And you know, I found the blessings in that too. I found the blessings yeah. that I could work from home. You know, I, I don't want to anchor anymore. I was quite happy working from home, setting up stories, writing the news stories, doing radio news for three of our local radio stations. Oh, super. Uh, so I, I've just been so fortunate to be working from home. I didn't have to do all the food prep in the morning, which would take me 45 minutes. Don't have to care what you wear, fix your hair, makeup, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're over it. <laughs> we're over it. <laughs> Well, amazing. Jane Pritchard, thank you again very much. And again, everybody go out, uh, download, touch base with Audible, go to the stores where the book is available. Breast Cancer After the Diagnosis, A Woman's Story of Overcoming Setbacks. I can't wait to read it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure for me. I've been honored to be asked to be on here. Thank you so much, Heather and Helen. Core Show listeners, listen up. We have something special coming and coming soon. What's Your Why has a new collaboration we're excited to bring you. We've been working tirelessly with the Southbound Saratoga Management Group to exclusively host a special series of podcast episodes. Over the next few months, we'll be supporting the brainchild of the Saratoga Horse Show, Women in Business Spectacular. It's the first ever horse show accredited with being created by women, operated by women, benefiting women's health, and showcasing women in business. Download, follow, like, and share as we bring you a new episode every month in support of this amazing event that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of, that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank. Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic. Offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development, in addition to content creation, online paid advertising management and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why, our listeners, guests, and our sponsors too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, 
And remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.